I'm Raphael of the Collection Plate Podcast, and this episode is sponsored and partnered by Golu Nutrition. Golu Nutrition Gummies is America's number one way of intaking apple cider vinegar for a boost of energy throughout your day. Two gummies equals one shot of apple cider vinegar. After every meal, just pop two in your mouth and go on about your business, child. Goli Gummies helps with healthy digestion, weight management, reducing the appetite, immune system, heart health, and improving your energy. These gummies are also gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, unfiltered, and gelatin-free. Goli has a new gummy called Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha gummies will provide you with the vitamin D and the Ashwagandha K66 that your body needs to relax. Whether you just went hard in the gym or your kids just stressing you the hell out, grab you a bottle of Ashwagandha gummies to relax from Goli Nutrition today. Oh, and don't forget to use my code RAPHEEL5, that's R-A-P-L-H-E-A-L-5, to save up to 5% so you don't have to spend all your little stimulus check. Visit GoliNutrition.com right now, starting now, and let them know that Raphael sent you. What's going on? Welcome to the official podcast of The, the Collection, Collection Plate with Bam and Raphael, where we know all money ain't good money. Happy Pride Month to all the gays <laughs> and all the girls out there in the streets. Um, and happy Juneteenth to all my niggas out there. We done came a long way, We need, but we need some reparations, though. But, Bam, how are you doing today? Amazing. <laughs> happy Juneteenth. Happy Pride Month. All of you gays out there, you better be proud this month. Now, I don't want to see y'all out here wearing all that rainbow stuff. But if that is your type of regalia that you would like to wear, I mean, you go forth and you prosper, okay? Um, but no, real shit. Um, but honestly, this is a very monumentous year and month because, you know, it's been, what, a year since Juneteenth has been, you know, been celebrated and then actually to have it recognized finally by um, Congress, yes, as a national holiday. And if you're not aware of what Juneteenth is, is when the slaves um, were all set free in which it actually originated in Texas, just in case you didn't know. Um, but yes, and to know that it happened during Pride Month, with this, which is a free month for people to um, express their colors. So I think that's a great, great, great way of starting June in the summer. Being black and gay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Two issues in America, black and gay. But uh <laughs> we actually forgot the other one, being a man. Um, that's three strikes. And you're out. Girl Kanye West I went out there and unfollowed all them bitches on Twitter. All his uh stepsisters, well not stepsisters, his sisters in laws. <laughs> he done unfollowed all them bitches on Twitter. Kylie who? <laughs> but um, so you know, Kim and Kanye are getting a divorce, and recently it came out that Kanye is dating this uh, supermodel named Irina Strunk or something. She got one of them damn Melania Trump names. But uh, he had to dating her. They living in, in Wyoming. And uh, so Kim, on the last episode, I don't know if y'all watched the uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but I do. I've been watching them. Uh, how long they been on? 20, 10 years? 10 years? Maybe? I don't. To be honest, I know it could be twenty years. Days <laughs> might hate me for this, but I never really got into the the um, Kardashians. I never, I never, I never did. Like I always, I just felt like my IQ would drop if I watched it. Even the little clips that I watched, I felt like my IQ dropped. Dressed yeah, like Kanye and Kylie and Kim. <laughs> You just feel dumb watching them because they just be talking with them long ass sentences. But <laughs> the Kardashians is over. The end of an era. Um, I've been watching it for 10 years. That explains a lot. <laughs> oh, wow. You, you feel like my brain has diminished? Who watches that shit? Like, what? what? Okay, other than what is it? Um, uh, Kim having a sex tape with Ray J. I, didn't that's how that stemmed from that? Yes, it sure did. <laughs> so, 
so that happened. I think I was in high school. This was like almost up. 2010. So well, I came out in, I came out in 09. So I thought the Kardashian started like in 08 or something like that. I thought that, that sex scandal started in like 08. No, it was like 2010, 2011. Oh shit, I was in college, but actually shit, came into the military that time. Maybe <laughs> coming out later on in the show, we're gonna be talking about coming out our coming out stories. So stick around for that. But back to this crazy nigga Kanye though. He unfollowed them and he's dating this girl. So Kim mentioned on the last episode of the Kardashians, the final the season finale, that uh that you know she wanted to find a a, a man that wanted to actually love her. And she felt like Kanye wasn't as in love with her as everybody thought they was together. So she was feeling like, you know, she wants somebody that works out with her. She wants somebody that is very intuitive with family even though he's a great family man he just he he decided to move out move out of california and move to wyoming to be closer to god he felt like he was closer to god there or whatever you know he's mentally fucked up so um she just was tired of his shit and of course they had a lot of arguments and stuff so um it's being also reported a couple months ago that she was trying to fuck with drake but I don't see that happening. I think that was a thing that the past, and I, he felt some type of way about it, allegedly. But he's dating his white bitch that he's been knowing for 10 years. So, hey, I don't know. Maybe he was doing the cheating. Who knows? Allegedly. <laughs> but ain't that, but so he left her because he was trying to find God. But ain't this the same nigga that said that he should be in the next Bible? This ain't must be a new wrath of Jesus coming because. <laughs> Mary and Joseph. Uh, this ain't Mary and Joseph. It ain't. Well, since people are speaking of cancel and unfollowing people, Michelle Williams has taken to Instagram to defend against the attempts to cancel Destiny's Child's hit song, Cater to You. So apparently there was some backlash going on about how Generation Z was like they need to cancel um, Cater to You. So long story short, um, they felt like that song was promoting people to go out here and uh, basically cater to niggas that ain't shit. So Michelle went to Instagram saying, baby, I'm sorry. We didn't tell you to go out here and give you a little um, cherry seed to um, a convict. We told you to cater to somebody that you are in love with. So, of course, Twitter went crazy about it. Um Everybody was basically saying, like, why y'all trying to cancel something that was meant to be very loving, very, you know, like, like just something that'll make you feel like you want to go home and cater to your partner. The song wasn't for hoes to go out here and fuck off on their side pieces. This is not a <laughs> hot girl summer. So this is a cater to you, baby. This is your day. Then it goes into saying do anything for my man because baby you blow me away my man or if you're in love with a woman you could change the words to woman or whatever then it says they tried to say that cater to you was initially a song about slavery i don't know how the hell that coexists with one another but i just really feel like a lot of stuff that they was trying to say cater to you was promoting is not that um so wait, they talking about uh, Broomhilda and the house slave catering to the master or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> Allegedly. What the fuck? Allegedly. Them comments is what had took me out. The comments really took me out. If somebody say, I'm sorry, feminism is going just to take the L on this one. We're canceling Destiny Child's cater to you. Black Twitter responds with a Yanala Van Zant slapping the table saying, not on my watch. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not on my watch. It was the comments for me. Like definitely, uh, it definitely was the comments for me. But Destiny Child Band member Michelle Williams has posted a plethora of videos um in attempts to uh go against canceling the group's hit. That song was a 2004. I was 14 years old. I ain't no shit about catering nobody, but shit, it made me want to grow up one day and possibly be with somebody and cater to them or they cater to me or however you choose to do it so i won't be canceling it i'm going to continue listening to it if it comes on the radio and if i feel like you know setting the mood that will definitely be on the playlist so 
congratulations to you, Michelle, for speaking up for your girls. I ain't heard nothing from Beyonce or Kelly yet. Because they know they the song can't be canceled. That's why you heard nothing. Like, how you gonna cancel a song that people done signed contracts for and that shit been out for how long? Probably 20 years, maybe? And, and you're trying to cancel a song that's 20 years old, girl. Y'all, this generation love to try to cancel something or somebody. I'm glad oh, I'm not. Cancel, cancel, cancel them damn OnlyFans accounts y'all got. How about that? And, and see how much money you make a uh, month. Cancel that. <laughs> now, hold on. Some of them... Mm, uh, wait, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> some of them good. Now. <laughs> but, the, the gays be getting it popping on <laughs> OnlyFans. Happy, happy Pride Month. <laughs> woo! <laughs> Speaking of getting it popping, these bitches, these bitches on these flights, these boxing matches y'all having on these flights, it's just beyond, it's actually beyond me at 30,000 feet in the air because. Y'all is doing the most. Okay, so a Delta flight came from LAX to Nashville one week, and then the next week it was coming from LAX uh, to Atlanta, I believe. And, well, I think the first time they tried to, uh, somebody tried to hijack the plane or get into the damn cockpit uh, <laughs> and start driving the damn plane. My thing is, if you want to do suicide, do it at home, please. I really don't care for y'all to go out there and do a mass thing, these mass shootings, these mass airplane uh, uh, terrorist attacks. Yeah, it's still a terrorist attack because just because you American and you in America don't mean it's not a terrorist attack. You going against the fucking country. But y'all y'all really trying to commit suicide and bring other people down with you, that's not fair at all. That's selfish as fuck. So do that shit at home in the shower, wherever you want to do it. Don't don't be in your uh, your car trying to do a head-on collision with somebody else because you feel like oh I want to die in the car or uh, get on the plane and bring the whole plane down. When I get on the plane, I be thinking about the fucking engine and the damn propellers uh, flying off. <laughs> that bitch. <laughs> Please grow up. Please grow up. I don't want to think about Saddam Hussein and all y'all uh, suicide people. <laughs> wanting to take the plane down. I just want to get from one location to the next. That's it. That's it. That's all. Why wait till we 30,000 fucking plus feet in the air to try to fuck up my damn experience? What if nobody's ever flown first class before? You done brought your ass on this damn plane, showing your ass. But I already know for a fact that'll never happen on a Jamaican plane. Never. Never. How you know that? Do you know... The Jamaicans will look at this motherfucker and be like, do we know you? Do you know how bad that motherfucker will get beat the fuck up? Before he even opened that damn, before he even said, <laughs> listen, before he even opened that damn vest, they're going to be like, oh yeah, he's going to, that, that motherfucker will be like, yeah, I got on the wrong plane. The wrong plane. No, like, then that's the know. Terrorists know exactly who to come at. But how ironic, and this is what, you know, we can move on after this. I'm trying to figure out why is it that it's happening from um, flights coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's never, and it's mostly happened from LAX to um, Hearts, um, Hartsville, I think, um, the Atlanta um, airport. It's never nothing coming from on the East Coast over to the West Coast. I don't know if they have different uh, rules and regulations at the airport, but I feel like there should be no reason why Anybody should be able to get anything on anybody's plane at any given time to try to attempt, a, you know, some terrorist attack. But I just got to feel like, yeah, that, that, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. And it's only happening on Delta at that. And then I see it. OK, so I'm, I know we're trying to move into the next story, but yeah. they uh, I see it trying to um, make it so. Uh, fat people don't get on the plane no more or something like to diminish the, the weight of like, you know. It being too heavy or whatever, but they better start doing mental uh, tests on y'all ass too before y'all get on the planes because <laughs> they're sick of y'all ass at this point. The flight attendant should not be holding you down, trying to pin you down, tie you up, how tie you like no. But the thing is, that's gonna take up too much time, and I think it's another reason why people are just able to get on these planes and do what they want to do. Yeah. Imagine, like, let's imagine if people had to take a mental test. 
or a, uh, a, a behavior health test or whatever case may be, uh, a mental evaluation. Do you know how long that process would be? Airports are just now starting to open back up. So if they add a, implemented another uh, tactic to avoid that, people are going to just start driving. And that'll be a lot of people because everybody's mentally fucked up. <laughs> everybody, ain't, ain't, everybody ain't seen. <laughs> As they claim to be. Right. Speaking of airing stuff out, <laughs> the girls are fighting. They are fighting. Ari is the owner of Moon Cosmetics on Twitter after she hints at suing her. Sell the products you really use, sweetie. So if you don't know about this cosmetic line, um, Moon Cosmetics is a Black-owned business. Um, and the female who promotes her business, promotes this uh, cosmetic line, apparently doesn't use, allegedly does not use her own cosmetics. So Ari had went to Twitter to say, my pores were so clogged up. My dermatologist said it's from putting oil on my skin every day. All this time, never knew. Now, <laughs> reading this as a business owner who sells facial products, you automatically go on the defense. It's like, oh, you must be talking about my stuff. But she never said anything about Moon Cosmetics. She just said, my pores were so clogged up. My dermatologist said it was from putting oil on my skin every day. That could have been anything. So then that's when the young lady, she says, laughing my ass off, bro. This gotta be a joke. So of course, Ari was like, well, baby girl, like I wasn't inferring that it came from your products, but since you wanna go there, let's play. Uh, Moon, she goes to say one thing about me, I'ma sue you. Now, all of that was unnecessary, Miss Mamas, because just, I wanna say on Saturday, um, K. Michelle was also promoting her um, her line as well. So for this to happen in such a short amount of time, it's like, well, are you trying to say that it's coming from my stuff? Because other people use my stuff and they're not complaining. So Ari goes into saying that, you know, I, I wasn't saying that. Then that's what Ari says. She says, I have screenshots of you asking what products we use on our skin because your shit doesn't work well for you. Tell, you, tell your lawyer that that bitch need to be making sure that she knows she's using her shit. Then she said, bitch mad. I tweeted and said, oil clog my pores. That's normal. Don't nobody got to control what the fuck I post, bitch. Then that's when she goes into say, bitch, don't play with me because I really go there. Want to talk about products? Never once did I say your shit trash. Weak nothing ever. Sell the products you really use instead of what you got us putting on our skin. Talking about suing, I can't wait. See you in court and I'm coming with all my receipts. So make sure you pay that top dollar for your lawyer. And stop acting like you sell out when that's four months of backed up orders to look lit. Now, wait a minute. Why are you living like that, little mama? Relax. Why they coming for each other next like this? They must have known each other in the past or something. So I don't know if they know each other or whatever, but how it, again, it's kind of like a hit dog will holler. Ari never said it came from your stuff. You know, again, like I said, like it, I never said it came from yours. I just said I went to the dermatologist. My dermatologist says because I'm putting a lot of oils on my skin, and that's normal because a lot of people either have if you have oily skin, your skin, your pores will be clogged. But again, a hit dog will holler, and because Ari has proof that you asking me what I put on my skin, I'm using your products. Don't you sell skin products? Why the fuck you ask what I use on my skin? But it, it may be a PR, another PR stunt by Ari because you know she loved to create those with her money bag. But Ari, I did see it's this dude on Instagram. I think his name is Poor Poor Star or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're coming out with a collaboration together for skincare and cosmetics. So it may be a little PR beef stunts, you know, to push her product out there as the best product instead of Moon Cosmetics. So maybe that's why they're doing all this. Feeling. Well, Moon started this shit. She started it. Oh, that's uh, just like that's just like if you say something right, and it's so dangerously close to what somebody else is doing. The first thing they're gonna do is come at your neck and say, "Well, Ralph said so and so," and you looking like that had nothing to do with you. But since you want to go there, since you since you want to go there, I have proof that you have said these things in the past, and. 
who you say you are and what you really are because moon cosmetics was showing if you go to her twitter you will see there's a video of her recording the sales going from like 938,000 to like shooting to 1 million. So Ari basically cleared, like, you know, put her shit out there like, girl, that's not from in one day. That's from four months being backed up. So if you're backed up and you put a new, if you put restock your product and people are trying to, it's a high demand product, of course it's going to look like you racking up all that money in one setting. No, you've been backed up for four months and you finally just put that product on the shelf. So, uh, ladies, May the best poor win. <laughs> I, I just don't enjoy all the black women feuding with each other. Like, let's just all win. Come on now. But anyway, uh, speaking of somebody trying to win something, two teenage, two Atlanta teenagers were uh, at Lenny Small over the past weekend, and they tried to get into the uh, the Apple Store. Uh, to get some Apple products and the security guard of course wouldn't let them in because it was after hours so <laughs> they put on their black masks and their black clothing black jean vests and skinny jeans and their little fake Bottega boots and, <laughs> and they went on down to the Lennox Mall and shot the damn security guard in the damn uh, thigh <laughs> so um, that security guard is in, crit in critical condition after the incident but um viral video got out you know showing exactly what happened and then not too long uh before that situation happened had happened probably like probably like a couple weeks ago um two other shooting incidents happened at uh two atlanta area malls so i'm trying to figure out like atlanta where is the real police at? Because these damn security guards at Linus Mall ain't gonna do shit for you. Especially if you already got fucking uh, metal detectors at the doors when you walking into the mall. Where is the real police force at? <laughs> because we know Linus Mall is known for a good old shooting. And y'all still got these little top flight security guards walking around the mall? Rent a cop. <laughs> <laughs> top Rent. flight security of the world. <laughs> Rent a cop. But um, and then I don't think we ever touched on it because I want to touch on it. These fucking Atlanta Water Boys, uh, <laughs> that's who y'all need to cancel <laughs> because them little niggas, them little them little mutants, they they're a whole different breed. That's not even they piling on these people cars like ants on a damn sugar cone. Girl, let me tell you. So, me and Ben was in at the light. We was we was over there battling this mall, getting ready to head out the brunch, and um, we was sitting at the light, and we noticed this Range Rover next to us or whatever. They kind of had their window down, and we saw the border boys on the corner. They had they was on scooters, they was on foot, they was running like they was on the football field. They was throwing waters across the street, you know, passing it to the next person to try to sell. And they was jumping in this fucking Range Rover window like they was robbing these people. Like, it was fucking scary. Like, <laughs> I can see why Meat Meal only gave them $20 to split between each other. Because they is fucking horrible when it comes to, you know, bombarding people for money and stuff like that. That shit is... Mm -mm. It's getting it's out of here. Because, like, in how they do it, I don't even know where y'all got that water from. And here's my thing. We're not by any means trying to bash black kids for trying to get money or whatever however they go about doing it but that's a little excess excessive they literally if, if one person go to a car and they say you're giving them a dollar like like ralph was saying like we're watching this happen it was like at first it was one of them and before you in a blink of an eye like 20 of them on one car 20 people on your car that's that's enough for everybody to get shot and they be they be trying to reach inside your car they be trying to like you want this. I don't know where you got that water from, baby. Like, I don't know where that came from. And you're not gonna be dive, nose diving into my car all no. across my lap trying to find my money, bitch. I'll pull that Glock out my uh, <laughs> my dashboard with it, with it with a glove box, glove compartment, and and pop pop pop, and leave your ass right where you at. Like it was just too much. Like that's who the fuck y'all need to cancel. We're not trying to stop nobody's bag, but stop, please. Can we please stop? Cause that's just too much. 
But since we like to tell everything, you're speaking the stuff expose people, expose people. A Fox News reporter, um, she goes on live to tell the story of how she's going to air them and expose the plans of how a lot of news reporters, they just put out information to scare the viewers. So Ivory, um, I can't think of her last name, poor baby. I can't, her, Ivory Hacker, Hacker Hacker. She has said, I've had the fuck enough. So before she goes on to speak about how the heat in, I want to say this was in Texas where she was. She says, before I start, I would like to air some things out. I am going to attempt to air out Fox 26 and how they falsify information to scare its viewers into believing whatever they put out into the world. If you have been here on this earth longer than a day, then you already know that a lot of the news, a lot of the publicity, a lot of the politicians, a lot of the information they put out perfect case upon the coronavirus. A lot of the stuff they put out is to scare people. So it's like it's it's a Nazi tactic. Nazis been doing this for years. And so um with that being said, like we know that what they put out there is falsified. It's fabricated. It's the truth is being stretched. So Avery said, okay, before I quit, let me let y'all bitches in on a little secret. So Ivory, you have my vote. Miss White, Miss Mama, listen, she was not playing. She is invited to the cookout, okay? She was not playing. She was not playing. And I mean, she was on TV like, oh yeah, I've had enough. And I think she probably wants some money. That's probably why, you know how they say, how you want to quit? And it has like that little meme about different ways of how you're going to go in to sit inside of the boss's office. Like, yeah, we need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. This particular day, she said, yeah, I've had enough. But I really feel very proud of her to come out there and be like, I can't do this anymore. Finally, somebody moral compass has shown to the surface. And so Ivory, we, you know, um, commend you for being brave. But if something happened to this girl, I, I'm just saying, I'm going to be the first person to say it. Well, I, I disagree because, of course, at many times, people always uh, spotlight the black woman to be the angry person and the person to always expose stuff and do stuff. And this is being a, a, a professional platform, such as a news station. She should have held herself to that to that standard. Bitch, you went to college just to go get your journalism degree. You should be keeping that same professionalism that you've learned about and that you know of. Like, if she could have did this behind closed doors, like, come on now, like on live TV. Yup. Hold on, but that's but okay. So it's okay to be shut up behind closed doors and speak up behind closed doors. But when there's other people's opinions and views and they need to know the truth, they need to know it's unprofessional. That don't sound fair to me because apparently she's been knowing of this stuff for a long time and it's just like, I can't do it no more because hypothetically speaking, let's say she said, I can't do this job no more or whatever. And any job that she tries to go to or whatever, whatever contract they got over her head or whatever she sounded and you know, in her blood or whatever, because these motherfuckers is real quick to sell their soul for a quick buck. But let's say she tried to go somewhere else and they ask her, well, why did you quit or whatever the case may be? And she said, I just couldn't do it no more. They, that's not going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it for people. They want to know why you quit. So she said, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go out with a motherfucking bang. And I don't blame her. Well, well, I hope she know that bang that she went out with. She probably won't get another job at a news station. <laughs> you don't ruin your chances. They're going to think you're trying to expose them too, girl. So good luck to uh what's her name ivory ivory hacker her name should have been ebony <laughs> happy juneteenth need promo for your business or services here on the collection plate podcast we have hundreds of thousands of new monthly listeners waiting to hear about the hottest new thing email us at askthecollectionplate at gmail.com and be sure to include your name your business name and website or social media page in the email inquiry we understand the struggle of small business promotion. That's why we're here to help. Again, that's askthecollectionplate at gmail.com. Advertise with us today. This is a very hard uh, discussion to have because a lot of people are 
DL and a lot of people are still in the closet per se. And um, with it being Pride Month, we would like to go ahead and reveal, you know, our coming out stories because it may relate to other people out there a lot. And you find, you actually find, if you actually sit down and get to know gays and talk with them instead of beating their ass when you see them or beefing with them on Twitter, you'll find out that your coming out stories are very much alike <laughs> because uh, a lot of coming out stories have to do with uh, single parent homes, uh, dealing with, you know, people going through childhood traumas and, um, you know, with the uncle, the uncle at the cookout. Uh -huh. But we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just, it, it, it's alike for a lot of people. So um, we're going to go ahead and dive into our coming out stories. Uh, and to be honest, I don't really... Well, my coming out story is very recent, but at the same time, it kind of dates back to a couple years ago um, when I was in high school. But I think the very first time my mom, because I lived in a single parent household, I think the very first time that my mom discovered some type of homosexuality from me was when um, I had a cell phone and I was texting some guy I forgot how I met him. I think it was from Facebook or whatever. And um, come to find out, it was her co-worker's nephew <laughs> that I was talking to. So when she took my phone and she was like, you know, shocked or whatever, she took my phone and took it to work with her and showed her co-worker. Come to find out, it was his fucking nephew. So we were both, <laughs> we were both in a sticky situation. But um, I think that's the very first time. And then, I said recently because um, I, it never came out of my mouth that I was, you know, homosexual or gay, whatever you want to call it, queer. Uh, it didn't never come out of my mouth until uh, what, year, what year was that? What year we in? <laughs> oh, 20, 2021. <laughs> I came out uh, January 2020 uh, to my mom and my grandmother um, because... I just never, it just never came out of my mouth. So I decided to do that because who wants to keep going on, on and on and on? Like that shit is weight bearing. And um, I know it's hard, but at some point, I mean, you don't really have to, I'm not gonna say you have to tell anyone, but just live your truth um, to the fullest. And that's what I decided to do with myself. And that's kind of pretty much my coming out story. It wasn't as dramatic as a lot of people's is with their mom, like being, you know, extra and all this and that, or their father. But um, what's your coming out story, man? I was 14 years old. And uh, I kind of always knew. I just kind of felt that. And yes, I dated girls. But I did that because that's what I thought that was the right thing. You know, that, I'm sorry, let me say this. I was told that was the right thing. And if you was raised in a household with people who are much older than you, come from a background, and it also has a lot to do with your background too, um, of your parents. Um, so I was raised by my mother and my grandmother, um, God rest both of their souls. Um, I was raised by a much older, much, much older household so their values and their moral compasses circumference around Christianity and um, condemnation and stuff like that. So anything wrong that you did, you know, you can go to hell for that. Not saying that my mother would always beat me in the head with it, but it was always scripture that she would give to me because that was what she grew up, um, grew up knowing. So I was 14 years old and over time, you know, uh, I had a sibling, I had an older sister. She was kind of like crude and just very wicked. You know, when she when she wanted to be nice, she was nice or whatever. But um, so she would always go through my room and I would have like little, like little shit, like, you know, like, like little lip gloss shit like that, whatever like that. Cause I didn't like shit. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I didn't know what was going on with me. And I was always very clean. I always like to smell good. I always had like sweet smelling smells or whatever like that. So one day 
I was just like, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know what's, what, what it is or whatever the case may be. So I finally made friends. And these are my first gay friends that I've ever had. And to see their life going fairly well, we are not teens or whatever. So it's like, why am I sitting here pretending to be somebody that I'm not? Why am I sitting here pretending to have to ignore these feelings? So I'm pacing up and down the hallway one day, like my mom was in her room watching TV and I'm like sweating. Like I'm trying to figure out like, how am I going to tell this woman at 14 years old that this is what's up with me? So maybe 20 minutes though, I don't probably walk the damn hole in this damn carpet. And I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Here we go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. Now my siblings, they knew. They could tell, you know what I'm saying? They they just knew. I was raised around a lot of females anyway, so it, it made sense. So I walked in the room. I said, Ma, I got to talk to you. So walking into the room and she's watching TV, she kind of shifted her weight, like, you know, like, what's going on? Because, you know, a lot of people at that time, like, I was always getting into fights and stuff like that. So every time I came and said I got to talk to her, she would be like, oh, well, you know, got into a fight again or whatever. So I was like, I got to tell you something. She was like, are you okay? Like, did somebody do something to you? I was like, no, I got to tell you something. She was like, okay. So I finally told her, I was like, mom, something's not right with me. And she was like, what you mean? She said, are you sick? Are you constipated? Like, what's wrong? Your stomach hurting? Like, what's going on? I was like, mom, like something that I don't, I said, I said, I don't think, I said, I'm not straight. And she was like, what you mean you're not straight? She was like, what, what? She said, can you? Break this down like I'm confused, you know. And imagine my mom, she's like almost 60 something years old. So it's like, nigga, you better be direct. Like, what the fuck do you mean? So I was like, Ma, I don't think I'm straight. Like, I'm not straight like other boys. Like, I'm not straight. Like, she was like, What what you you gay? I was like, and then I felt my heart hit my asshole. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was just like, yeah, I'm gay, ma, you know, and that's just what it is, you know, like, and she was like, okay, and turn back around and continue to watch TV. So now I'm in my mouth thinking like, this woman about to kick me out. I'm about to be homeless. I got to go call my friend. Can I live with you? Because this is going to be like the worst. Now, mind you, like, again, like I said, like my mom is like in her 60s. So them type of parents they don't play that shit so i didn't know what to expect i didn't know if my brother was gonna beat me up i didn't know if uncles was gonna try to beat me up i, I don't know what i didn't know how it was gonna go until the next day uh i had a baby blue bag that had the word angel on it and everybody had like a nike bag in high school if, i'm telling my age now so if you was in the age of, if you was in the range of 2004 to 2008, everybody had a Nike drawstring bag, but mine just happened to be baby blue. So I'm I walked into my mom's, I'm walking into my mom's room to go to use her bathroom, and she was like, "That's a cute purse you got on your back." Now, oh no, mama, no. Now my mom, she could be right down shady, like, and you got to be quick with it, cause she real quick with it. I was like, Ma, that's not a purse. I said, it's a bag. She said, I like that blue because my mom's hair color was baby blue. And she was like, I want that bag. That thing cute. I was like, all right, Ma. Like, all right. So in that moment, I I felt okay knowing that my mom didn't look at me different. Even though she didn't uh, approve of it because of her, you know, her upbringing. She never treated me differently. She never, you know, she never shunned me or treated me any different. Well, one, I'm her baby, like her baby baby. So it's like, this is just what it is. And as time went on or whatever, now I will say that she already she already knew, you know, she knew. A mother knows. Um, but I will always keep certain things very, you know, respectable and stuff like that. I never would bring any guys over, whatever. You know, that's a story for another day. But mm. I, would never, <laughs> I would never do anything to make her, you know what I'm saying, to ruffle her feathers. But me and my mom had a really, really close, a very, very close relationship. And so 
you know, she, she, I was her baby boy. So it, it was, she didn't care about that. So it was what it was. So I was comfortable about that. Now coming out to my friends and being open with it, it was a different story. It was a very, very different story because now even more of the, I guess you can call it picking and teasing and bullying. But back then I was fighting, so I didn't give a damn. And I, I think that a lot of uh, LGBT, what is it called? LBG, LBGT plus. No, LGBTQ plus. I thought it was QIA plus now. Plus. Okay. That's what it encompasses. Well, the plus is no. <laughs> I think the plus is, uh, you know, we all fear, had that fear in us to tell our parents or our guardians, you know, of what what was going on with us because of, of course, judgment and how they would view us as their child. Um, but, you know, now that we're older and we look on it, it may have not been that 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 hard to do because, you know, if if you truly love your child, like you say you do and you and you show it and you just support them in anything that you can, whether it is sports or uh, anything that a child wants to do and you love that child for who they are, you have no problem with what they like sexually. I mean, it shouldn't be an issue, but for some reason in this world, it's still an issue. And that's why we're fighting for our rights um, as, you know, gay uh, people and it's still going to be a, a, a road of trying to get there because, you know, people still view things of how they were years ago. And they're still in that traditional bullshit of, you know, my my child should be in the bathroom with um, a gay person or a transsexual, you know. It confuses them. It's going right. it to. But the day that your child come out and say, hey, I want to do this and that. You're gonna be looking to fuck stupid because that's just what your child like. And I mean, children can't really make up their mind of what they want right away. I would say, I would say gradually into their teens, they people they, they start knowing what they like and what they want. But um, yeah, I don't I think me growing up, I knew what I liked around the age of seven because I put a boy in the bathroom and I kissed him. I ain't had no. I just didn't have no problem doing it because I really had a crush on him. But um, and it, it may have been wrong of me to do that because you know I don't know. I didn't know what he liked and what he, you know, what he liked sexually. But um, it happened, and I apologize to you. I want to say your name because yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I apologize to you for doing that. If you know, I offended you. Um, but. I enjoyed it. <laughs> impulses. We all have those. Um, it's. I don't think that it's like Ralph was saying. It's so easy for parents to support when a little boy wants to play football because that's what the mass is and that's what's normal. It's okay when a little girl she wants to say, "Oh, I want to be a uh, ballerina dancer because that's looked at as a feminine um, trait." or a, uh, how can I say it? Or something that is related to as a, fem a female. A girly, yeah, something girly. Uh, uh, it's some, like you said, something very girly. And I think we need to get away from the whole gender identity type thing because at the end of the day, when these things were created, they were created equally for people. Now, if you, now I'm gonna say this. Now, when you have like professions like the military, it wasn't always for females, it was for men. So why is it that we can break boundaries for professions, but it's not okay. It's okay to be stuck in a traditional mindset of, oh, fingernail polish is for females. Polish is a, is polish, it's paint. If that's the damn case, the stuff, that you, the stuff that you paint your walls with or you paint your room with, you shouldn't be painting because guess what, that's polish. Paint and polish are the same thing. It is to cover something, it's to enhance something. Um, but of course, like in the, I will say in the generation that we live in today, um, the parents are doing a lot better with accepting their children coming out. Now, when you move down south, 
the southern states is still a is what is a 47% chance that a child boy or girl coming out as gay will end up being homeless and or uh without a home because of a traditional background belief that the parents or parents believes that they will not break for their child and i find it very very sad and that's just like with pose if you think about it look at the timeline that they that they shot that look at the setting they shot that in you could see that you could see back in the 70s or the 60s a child being kicked out for being gay or you know being beat or being whooped because they were gay um today yes in other countries lgbtq plus um traits or people who live that lifestyle are killed are stoned are burned are are tied together and killed because that's where they are and it's unfortunate but i will say coming out it, it is a process because one think about the mental trauma that you have to put yourself through you have to come out to yourself first and you have to recognize like you know what sexual orientation is what you like what you don't like and just like Ralph was saying like okay i acted on an impulse like because i had a crush on this on this boy and because we are young and we don't know what's going on but we act off of these feelings who's to say that's wrong it's okay for females to kiss one another it's okay for females to show expression of love to one another or of a friend or whatever but it's not okay for men because that's frowned upon and coming out isn't a one time thing either it's it's, it's so easy for a woman to go out there in public in front in front of a man and kiss another woman and they be like oh that's so fucking hot or that's just so steamy and I want to be a part of it it's like hey, this world is fucked hey, this world is really fucked up. <laughs> I say? wonder why. What did she just say? I said because they. Ain't, I said because they ain't never had no pussy in their life, and that's something else I can't take. I can't. I can't. Okay, this is kind of a little bit off of the, the the scale, a little bit, just a little detour. I went out with one of my friends. I went out to the club with them. It's a straight club, and I'm not really big on straight clubs because, again, I feel like I have to be restricted. But I'm fucking 30 something years old. So if I feel like I want to dance with my friends or whatever, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to have a good time straight or straight and or gay clubs. And my homegirl, she's very pretty and she has a nice body and she's enjoying herself. Now I'm sitting there watching and I mean, niggas is just like drooling, drooling, drool. I mean, they are fucking drooling. And one guy, he just literally just like started to like walk up on her. And I'm just like, you act like you ain't never seen a woman a day in your life. It's and the desperation it's, for me. It's the what? It's the desperation for me. Listen, it's the it's the it's the parchedness for me. <laughs> and, and, and that's what bothers me so much. And to then both of my homegirls, they were dancing with each other, and the niggas, they were just looking like, oh my God. But if two dudes are doing that would they get the same reaction now females love it they love to see us interact with each other they love to see it and I wish that everybody would one mind their own business two I wish that everybody was just be able to take off the shades or take off the blinders and see the world for what it really is and seeing that it's really not that deep these are just two human beings having fun, having a good time. Don't nobody knock you or judge you when you doing when you uh doing what you doing behind closed doors. Nobody says anything because it's behind closed doors. And I think that's another reason why coming out is a process. Just like you said, like seven years old, you you know say, well, I always knew I was something was up with me. But like you said, at seven years old, like you acted on that. But then years later coming out to your family, it's like, okay, this is what it is because you can't assume everybody that you meet is going to be straight or the coming out process is consistent. Cause every time someone in the LGBTQ plus, uh, meets a new friend or whatever, they have to retell them who they are. Like, Hey, this is, this is me. Or I don't know if this is me. And they have to figure out, can they be friends with these people? 
Because I know for me, like, yeah, I dated girls for a while, but I just, I just felt like something was missing. Like, I felt, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel right doing that. Because I, and I'm glad it happened when I was younger. Because when we're younger, we're teenagers, we don't know what love is. We don't know what falling in love is and all this stuff like that. We just know puppy love. And I'm glad that it happened at a young age. Because you have people, men and female, who go through life in their 30s, almost in their 40s, fighting these urges and lying to themselves. And they include other people in it, and they end up getting hurt. So... And just imagine a world with just all straight people. <laughs> like, ooh, it'll really be boring out here, like for real. But <laughs> I mean, just people just have to admit, like, the gay lifestyle, homosexual lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, it it all boils down to us just truly being one with ourselves and expressing our love for the same sex like it's just is what it is because like you said a lot of people do it behind closed doors aka dl and i'm not knocking dls or people that's the street and that are still in the closet but no longer dl by the way so and this just dawned on me so for all of our listeners new and old it's no longer DL men out there in the world. It's either you get caught or you don't. Think about it. Down low was 80s, 90s. Because if you think about it, a down low man, if got caught, they would beat the shit out of whoever they're fucking off with because they got caught with. Or if they got exposed, they would kill them, beat them up or whatever. Nowadays, if niggas get caught, they just get caught. They like, well, I just got caught. And they go on with their life. Now it's just if you get caught. Now what we have now is transgender women are getting killed because it's like the it's like the dynamics have switched. They have taken they 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 kind of uh swapped out the aggression of a down low man back 20, 30 years ago has now trickled into the transgender community, and now transgender women are getting killed. And I'm not saying that um uh what I'm saying is you have transgender women who are saying like, hey, this is me. And they meet these famous guys or these famous men or these high echelon men. And they're telling me I'm, I used to be a dude. And when it comes out, now they want to kill him or whatever. And also for the, um, for the transgender women who aren't being upfront with these men, you have to be careful because you don't know. And that's why I say it, that aggression from the downloads from the 80s and the 90s and even the 70s have trickled over into that, have bled over into that because now they're killing uh, transgender women and it's unfortunate. So always be upfront with people. But again, that's why I say there's no such thing as download men anymore. I will say discreet because they haven't came out yet, but download, I don't think it's really download anymore. I think it's just more so niggas is doing shit behind clothes. They're just doing it, doing being sneaky. And if they get caught, they not trying to beat up the person that they doing it with. Cause guess what? Shit, they ain't going nowhere. I like doing what I'm doing behind closed doors. So that's that's why I say like I I believe there's no such thing as download anymore because they they like them yams. <laughs> or getting eight, or getting or sucking or getting or, busted. Yeah, or getting clapped. And yes, ladies, y'all are not saints either. Like Stop bullying these girls who say they're gay as well because y'all know y'all like that shit. Y'all, <laughs> let's be real. These bitches love that shit with them studs. Them studs come in their life and they be like, pillow princess me, please. <laughs> they come in, they come in their life. They take the role of the man and, you know, they want to be, <laughs> they want to be, you know, the princess of the relationship and they want that that's third to be the, the king or whatever. But um <laughs> Bam Bam is saying right now eating eating ain't cheating. But <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> that's what they say. That's how it be like, yeah, like ladies, let me tell y'all something. Stop that. It see it, it oh my god, I can't even get it out. You have people 
who are selfish as fuck. And what I mean by selfish is, okay, I'm just gonna get my nut and I'm gonna go. Like, like I, I, I'm gonna get this from this person, but I can't do it with them. I can't do it with them in public because my friends will be like, oh, I didn't know you rolled that way. I didn't know this, this, that, and the third. But, and that's something else, like, you're taking advantage of somebody that's already living, that's already in this lifestyle, and they have feelings too. But because you, you're you benefiting from it, it's like, okay, well, shit, like, you better not tell nobody. Girls do it too. Girls, they do it too. They do it too. But also, and that's true, but also, like, I want to state, like, people, this is for all my people um, that are struggling with that that way of you know expressing themselves or coming out or whatever because like i said you don't owe nobody shit you came into this world as the person that you are and what you like and if what you like makes you happy and makes you get a nut that's just what you what you like and what you like the nut off of like just be real with yourself because if you don't be real with yourself this shit is going to burden you and weigh you down for the rest of your life and nobody wants to live their life like that. You only have one life, as everybody says. Um, we don't know, but <laughs> you only have one life in this world that we that we know of. That you know to fully be who you are and love on people that you that you love and agree with. Um, and then also, I've been noticing like gays like to uh, throw themselves on straight men. Now, throwing yourself on a straight man, it comes with a price and pain because <laughs> you can't just go out there thinking that every nigga wants you because they don't. They don't want your, 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 your busty. <laughs> Bam tried to stop saying it, but I said it. They don't want it. <laughs> They don't want it. They want clitoris. If that's what they like, that's what they like. Every man in this world doesn't want another man. And we have to understand that as well because just because you feel like, oh, he got some feminine qualities or he got this about him that he- He can be metrosexual. Yeah, or he keeps himself too clean or he talks this certain way or he walking like this. That doesn't mean that he's fucking feminine. That means he's just- who he is but he enjoys the he enjoys the 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 other side of pussy like that's just what he enjoys so you can't you can't throw yourself out there like that just be open to just be who you are open with who you are and if that other person likes what you about and what you doing they will come on to you and y'all get some shit popping and, that's just, and, and also you got to think about it for guys who are straight men and and what we don't want this podcast to be is a bashing podcast to straight men because um to our straight men whether you're black white chinese whatever you are we respect you we love y'all just as much as we love y'all just as much as y'all love us or whatever and i and i definitely respect straight men who take up for us too as well because I, I can't i can't take away that because there's a lot of straight men who be like, look, y'all have friends who are gay. No, I don't roll that way, but I fuck with them. And I appreciate y'all too for sticking up for us and being the allies that y'all are and still not being masculine, you know, not being fragile with our masculinity. Um, also, like to piggyback off of what Ralph said, for our straight fellas, like for our gay fellas, like, hey, now again, throwing yourself onto a straight dude, it does come with a lot of pain because it comes with the rejection. It comes with the possible uh, fact that y'all might get into an altercation or physical altercation, or you might do it at the wrong time and you might end up being another statistic being dead because you tried somebody. And even though taking it to the extreme of killing somebody is just crazy, but you, again, you just don't know. Um, also, consent is everything. Consent yeah. is everything. And if a person say no, that's what that means. No, no means no. Yes means yes. So just as just as men on women uh, uh, assaults, there are men on men assaults too. Because a lot of be like, well, how can a man 
uh, sexually assault or sexually verbally, sexually verbally assault somebody. They can't. You can, because if, if you know that person does not roll that way, if that person is not into that, don't force that onto them. Now, if you know you have a friend, and I and I have to, we have to cover this because we don't. There's a lot of stones that never get um that get turned over for guys who are dealing with sexual identity issues and you have an openly gay friend you as an openly gay friend i'm speaking to my gay friends gay crowd if you are a gay person and you have a uh, uh a friend who that is dealing with a sexual identity issue when it comes to what sex they like it is not your job to try to persuade them to come over to this side it is your job is to support them emotionally and intellectually um, educate them, show them ways that they can, okay, if you're dealing with this, it's okay. I'm here for you. And I'm not here for you to, to sex on you, but I'm here to support you, to be a friend, because that is what's really going to help. That ties back into coming out because that person might be like, I don't know if I like this or not, but I've always had a friend who's never tried me, who's never came in me a certain type of way. They've always been supportive of me. And they've always just been there for me. And contrary to belief, gay guys into my gay company for my girls and females, that just might be your soulmate because what has happened is you have built a trust bridge with them. And they're like, wow. So even if I did want to come out, the fact that this person never pressured me, they never did X, Y, and Z. I can see myself with them. Now I'm just, this is just all hypothetical, but it has happened. And I'm, I know, I know of a couple like that. It actually happened like that for them. That's why they say good things come to those who wait. You just don't know what you mean to a person. You don't know how much value you add to someone's life who feel that they don't, that they're not, they don't have the value of that. And so to, again, like I commend our straight guys who defend us. And to my gay crowd of people, um, community of people, if you have somebody that is straight, respect them. And also, let's say this too, for our heterosexuals who have homosexual friends, it's not your job to sit there and be like, oh, can you put me on with the hoes? I'm not doing that. That shit is annoying as fuck. That got on my nerves. That got on my nerves. You a grown ass man. Go talk to that girl. And it's not my job for you. And I'm not your guinea pig either. I'm not going to, you're not going to experiment on me either. Just as I'm not going to experiment on you. There has to be some type of level of respect when it comes to heterosexual and homosexuals being friends. Because because it, it'll easily be an issue if I was to walk up to my, my straight friend and be like, put me on with that nigga that you be hanging out with. Like, that'll be the utmost disrespect. So don't come to me talking about put me on with that bitch that I, I be hanging out with. Like, that's, that's so disrespectful. Like, you go do it. You want her that bad, you go do it. You go do it, but uh, you know, all in all, all in all, we had to. We talked about this one again. Like Ralph had asked me, he was like, "You want to talk about that? Is that uncomfortable?" Like, you know, it's not uncomfortable because hopefully, whoever listens to this, whether you are a teenager, whether you are in your adulthood life, or you're in your latter adulthood years, we want this to be be some type of stepping stone and or foundation and um information for you to know that it's okay to come out it's okay to be you if you and here's the thing a lot of bisexuals get a lot of slack too i don't know why i really don't know why they'd be like well they selfish they greedy no that's just what they like that's what they like coming out has a lot of benefits and a lot of risk but you and only you are in charge of your coming out experience it's up to you to choose how you how when and where you do it and hopefully the bisexuals are being open with open with both sexes that they fuck with, you know, letting them know this is what I like here and this is what I like there. Because, you know, that's how the the things get spreaded around. <laughs> but and be they open with your gay people and say that we causing this. Yeah. So be <laughs> open with your partners with everything because you know, it's it's real out here. And I know we've been saying it a lot, but Shout out to all the straight guys because we do have straight guys listening to our podcast. They always hit me up. <laughs> Not like that now, 
But I do have straight guy friends that I know of. Shout out to Jamar. He listens to the podcast. He let he told me the other week or so that he listens. So shout out to him. Um, shout but- out to Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody <laughs> it's the gays happy pride month but um yeah um hopefully this has been a great uh discussion for you guys to listen to and if you are struggling with that coming out story or the experience just 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 know can't nobody one nobody can check you can't nobody tell you what to do because you are who you are and they got to live their life just like you living your fucking life. They got to pay, pay bills just like you pay bills. So bitch, let it be. It is what it is. And if that's what you enjoy doing, do it. Fuck them. Fuck and them all. And if you haven't, and if you're somebody who's listening who has a problem, not a problem, but who finds it hard to come out, um, there's ways you can do that um, to include, like if you want like a support group, something like a, a LGB, other LGBTQ people, people who have shared the experience of coming out, um, online communities of LGBTQ plus people, trusted LGBTQ plus adults that may have already known, such as a family member or teachers, straight people, as we know, as we mentioned, who are allies to us. And a gay straight alliance at your school and other organizations, but we'll also put that in the description on our um, collection podcast um, page on Instagram, just in case somebody is struggling with coming out. And we're getting again, just understand that you come out when you're ready. Don't let pressure or people make you want to try to come out before you need to. But if you are in the dating world and you date more females than are interested in guys, please be open with them and then vice versa. Right. So, um, yeah, that concludes this podcast episode. We thank you guys for letting us be open and organic as possible with our coming out stories. And hopefully you enjoyed the show and let us know if you did comment down below in the comment section um, go to our podcast uh, Instagram page at Collection Plate Pod, and yeah, this has been a great topic. And we thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye! Happy Pride Month! Happy Juneteenth! Happy Pride! <laughs> go out, go out and hug a gay black person. Right, black gay freedom. Black gay love wins. It does. <laughs> And that's why all colors win. Yes. All all colors win. All colors win. All of them do. Just not the supremacists. And not the communists. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in to another podcast episode of The Collection Plate with Bam and Raphael. Don't forget to check us out on all podcast streaming platforms such as Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Amazon. We cannot wait to talk to y'all next week with all new church announcements and earworthy discussions. So keep listening and let the church say amen.